Okay, guys and girls, great video today. I've got with me Brad Caldwell-Isles from First City, Hazemart Caldwell-Isles. They have been the agency that was managing the successful winner of the block that was recently on Channel 9. So we're going to find out about that experience. We're also going to just find out a little bit about this business. And one of the great guys I've known for quite a while, Brad, that he's one of the partners there. He's with us here today at News Limited. Brad, thanks for coming in. Tom, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Can I, for the people out there, there's... Uh, uh, about 17,000 people that's on the uh, list that uh, get to see these things. A lot of those are interstate. Mm -hmm. They might not know too much about the business. They sure. may know about you guys on the block. Can you give me a background to you yes. and your business? No problem at all. Um, look, my history is I've had about 25 years in variations of sales, but at the turn of the millennium, it was time to leverage my experience in my contact database that is in suburb centre property. And... Uh, I was taken into a business, a large franchise business, and it went very well for me. The guys I was with were very supportive, um, but it, after winning all sorts of wonderful auction awards and so on and so forth, it reached a point where it was time for me to make a decision to do my own thing. And uh, Julian Hazler, my business partner, who's a terrific guy, we've been friends for years, had said to me, let's do this, let's do this, and ultimately we made the decision to go forward. Uh, Julian had a very successful one-man operation essentially in project development work and wanted to take it wider and that's exactly what we did. So we took it from the original First City Realty, threw all of that out if you will and yeah. started again with First City Hayes McCall Isles. Yeah. Um, branding, companies, entities, all of that started from scratch and, uh, and off we went. So that was four and a half years ago and uh, we'd have, we had our office in Double Bay. We've now opened a second office in Double Bay as we're expanding the business. And all the reports from uh, news and others are telling us that apparently we're in the top 10% of Eastern Suburbs agencies. Um, but, for instance, the block was all about the profile. We're not a franchise office. We we're still only a four-and-a-half-year-old business. It was time to put our name into the households. And that's the story. Okay, beautiful. Uh, before we get on to the block, I just want to uh, ask you... You were a good salesperson, weren't you? Like you were getting, you know, writing seven-figure gross mm -hmm. incomes into the business. Yes. So million-dollar agent. You've gone off. You've been now uh, a business owner for five years. Yes. When you compare the two, tell me what are the biggest differences? No. Uh, there was a chat I had ages ago about uh, people going into their own business and one has to walk into the room of mirrors and assess why they're doing it. Is it for their egos, which often does play, or do they think that they can genuinely make a better business for themselves over and above just the financial existence as well. Um, so in terms of work, uh, as somebody said to me recently, when you're your own business owner, you get to pick which 12 hours a day you work, but you've got to do at least 12 hours a day, and it is incessant. Um, but suddenly you start to gain that traction, and every day there is passive income coming from your team, uh, your property management business, so on and so forth, and quite frankly, going into each listing appointment, when clients know that the buck stops with you, yeah. there's a certain degree of assurance and certainty that they take from that as well. So I've got to say, it's been super rewarding. Yeah. You're working uh, harder or the same amount? Differently. Um, that is that uh, the sales business is the same business, but now you've got to manage your business. You'll be watching all the variations. And we're also looking at the future as well in probably a different way. As a salesperson, you're obviously trying to develop your client base and make sure your pipeline's strong and all that sort of thing. We've got to think about growth, uh, staff, 
marketing, the future of direction with things like news images as well, that's always on our mind all the time. Yeah. Okay, Brad, I want to um, ask you a little bit about the block, mm. right? Because um, the viewing numbers are extraordinary on that show. Um, you were the agency that handled the winner. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to know the process, how you got involved, uh, when you found out you were going to be involved, how was it different to a normal um, campaign with a vendor, how long the process took, because a lot of people get approached by reality TV shows, not many from the block, the block's up there in terms mm -hmm. of viewing numbers, but how did it all come about in terms of dates and, and, and yeah? So the show was on air obviously throughout uh, March essentially this year, but Julian, as I said, my business partner, one of his key clients is also one of the principal sponsors on the show. And he dropped Julian a note and said, Phil and Amity are from Adelaide, they don't know any agents, give them a call. And that was the opening to meeting Phil and Amity. So um, he made the call? He made the, in fact, it was, uh, they were flat out and they SMSed us back and just said, let's tee up a time. So um, my background was that I'd also done the block with my franchise office back in 2003 when Phil and Amity were first on the show. And subsequent to that, I got to sell Gavin and Warren's house in real life. Yeah. Um, so when we turned up on the night to meet them back in October last year, uh, Amity opens the door and she points at me and she says, I remember you. And I thought, you've got to be kidding. She looks the same. I, I haven't weathered that well at all. And uh, I was very surprised that she remembered, but that's, that's great. So we had this kind of immediate connection in terms of the history of the original 03 and then the 2013. We spent about two hours with them. Uh, the architect involved with the whole show is Julian Brenchley, and right. we've done a lot of work with Julian. Our, our auctioneer um, had actually sold the producer's home as well, and so we had a lot of touch points. So in that two-hour meeting, one of the things we did is we looked at the floor plan, and we, we walked in when there was basically one bedroom had been completed. The whole house was ahead of us. Right. And we looked at the floor plan, and we said, do you need to stick to this? Because we think it's important that you don't. And so we start to outline our ideas very quickly, which is sometimes a bit dangerous, sometimes it's... Because you had no agency agreement at nothing, this stage. Nothing at all. Right. And it could be perceived as pushy. I happen to know that one of the other couples on the show had another good agent try to give them advice, and they felt it was being too pushy. That was probably more about them than the agent. Um, and I, what I would say to all of this is uh, Lucy Mackin wrote recently... Phil and Amity won the block in October last year when they engaged agents to give them advice on what to deliver. And they were super receptive to us suggesting, we're not going to stick to this floor plan. We need to give them the icons. You log on to the internet and you see three bedrooms, two bathrooms and a study. That's a lot better than two bedroom, one bathroom, which is what the current plan suggested. So it was really important to start that from the outset. Um, so we met with them. We gave them two hours of our best. Um, in amongst all the dirt and the construction one evening. Uh, they then said, let's go to dinner. Um, we were calling all of our contacts, saying, can you give us the, uh, the leg up? Nobody said anything. It was right. very quiet. Uh, everything's very still. And we went to dinner, sat down, had all of our paperwork, all of our spiel ready to roll out. And Phil and Abby just said to us, listen, before you go another step, you're it. Wow. Um, you know, we get a great sense from you guys. Everybody seems to love you. We've checked you out from top to bottom, the producers said, I know these guys, Julian and Brad are the right guys, and so that's what unfolded. Um, so then we pulled out our spiel. We were given a certain budget by Channel 9. We weren't going to stop with that. Um, 
if you're going to do this, you do it for your profile. And it's a bit like going into that business I was talking about. Leave your ego outside. It's about doing it for the profile. Yeah. And that's what we were positioned in terms of our business. We're not a big franchise office. We do very well so far, but we're not a household name. But putting ourselves successful in front of two and a half to three million viewers consistently was what our, our mission was. Um, so we said from day one, we're going to do this, we're going to do it properly, we're going to commit the whole office to it, and we're going to win it. And that was the, that was the drive from the, from the outset. Did you sign it up that night? Oh, no, so signing it up, no. That's all Channel 9 stuff. Right. Uh, we get a call from producers, Julian Crest says, you guys are in, Brad and Julian, you've got it. We'll get the lawyers of Channel 9 to send you over all the stuff. It's a Channel 9 agency agreement. Right. All of that is where it starts to become different. Right. Um, you know, we were talking about previously about how is it different to a normal sale. There's you, you want to stick to the basics as such. You can't get too caught up in the, the hype of the situation, but at the same time you've got to use the hype of the situation with your marketing as well. But to what I would say is you go right back to you need to service and you need to sell and you need to market it extremely well. But then Channel 9 have embargoes, they have rollout times. If you were going to advertise this place in real life, you'd have the best shots, the beautiful right. back half of the house, the massive garden areas, all that sort of thing. Couldn't show a bit of it. Had to show a front bedroom. Couldn't even show the front of the house. So normally if you're marketing a property, you're showing the best stuff. Couldn't do it. We had to wait almost to the very end right. to show off the best components of that house into the uh, marketing media. Okay, so as I'm just uh, talking to you, Brad, I'm thinking to myself, this didn't have the normal component of vendor management that you'd have over a four-week period. Did you have to meet up and say, this is the feedback, and generally speaking, you've got a disconnect between vendor and the price that the market's prepared yeah, to pay? How did that fit in? So we did have a lot of communication with our vendors, yeah. even right down to uh, asking them not to cook their campaign on the TV. Uh, Phil, at one stage, said, let's call our house 2 million Tasman Street. And I said, can you just never say that again on the telly? Right. <laughs> because you'll sure as heck cook this campaign yeah. if the market thinks that you're chasing that money. It's all over. Um, but obviously the producers wanted to get a sense of what was going on as well because they had reserves to, to uh, allocate to each property. So we certainly had to give them market feedback. But most of what was going on was all happening before the show's gone to air. We, of interest, I'd say to you is... Um, when it first went to air, our clients, Phil and Amity, were rank outsiders. They were like the donkeys at the end of a race of black caviars. Right. Sports bet put them way down the ladder. Right. Um, there was no way they were going to win. Having said that, we knew what the product was. We knew what we had worked with them towards to deliver. We knew what the opposition's product were. Probably wouldn't have been a bad bet to take. By the time we got to the end of it, they were red hot favourites, almost unbackable because their product was so good. And they were also very likeable as well. So that's okay. Let me ask you, Brad, and this I know, might be difficult to ask because it, I suppose might come across as being, oh, you'd expect that from the agent to say. Do you think that your business and you and your business partner and you as the agency help them win? Yeah. So, a modesty aside, there is no doubt in my mind that we were intrinsic in the result. Absolutely clear. Julian and myself were across this from October all the way through and we delivered a product that was going to appeal to the widest market. One of our businesses is uh, development work. 
So we consult with owners, developers, architects on delivering the best product to go to the market. And, and, and owners and, and architects happily listen to that regularly. We've kind of gotten away from being shy about telling people, this is what the punters want. And so we did exactly the same in this case. So we have told them about the three bedrooms, the two bathrooms, the double height ceilings, all of that sort of stuff. We, that was all of our work. And so we delivered the right product. Then it came back to marketing. We didn't stop with the standard campaign. We used fabulous Wentworth Career advertising, but we ramped it all the way up. Um, we didn't just stick with a normal website. We obviously had microsites as well. There was videos of every space. Um, Do you think you outmarketed the competition? There's no doubt. And in fact, the buyer told us that very clearly. The person who paid the most amount of money on the block and made the winning bid was categoric. They looked at the other properties and he said, not only were you as agents superior, your marketing campaign was way better. It was a delight to buy that property, is what he had to say to us. Um, right down to us producing 20-page hardcover books that were personally signed to every contract holder from Phil and Abby. Dear Tom, thanks so much for coming to our house. We're glad you love it, Phil and Abby. It was to create that emotional connection to the house. We want to lock in every buyer as hard as we could onto that property. And on auction day, it showed Okay, so there's really good takeaway points here because some of the things that I'm picking up out of this interview, guys and girls, is that um, Brad and the team had courage to actually tell vendors before they had the business on what was the best thing for them, right? Uh, number two is you've picked up the business, it appears, because you had a strategy that they believe would optimise their price, but also there seems to be trust factor along the way. There seems to be various points that are saying, good people, good people, good people, good people. Cultimates, uh, uh, ends up being uh, dinner, where they say, you're getting the business. That's it. Okay, then we're going off and uh, you're going through a process and you've outmarketed the competition, small plug for Wentworth Courier, um, but you've outmarketed the competition and really promoted the product very heavy. People have said that it stood out the most. Um, let's move along to the day of the auction. Mm -hmm. um, Brad, did you think that you were going to win? Uh, interesting. We felt we deserved to win. Um, Julian and I are very good at staying cool going into an auction environment. You know, uh, back in our younger days, auctions were a blur. It was highly emotional. Your stomach would be upset. All that sort of thing. Our job throughout any campaign for our client is to stay unemotional. Let them get emotional, we've got to stay clear. The truth is with this one, the pressure started to tell because we had put so much in to being the winners in front of three million people that we're about to go up in front of three million people. And, and, and as a result of all the favouritism going our way, we're almost on a hiding to nowhere. If we didn't win, it was going to be a massive disappointment. So we really had to work very, very hard to get there. Um, so interesting enough, now talking about the order of sale, of course. Now, Phil and Abby were on to us in the morning and they said, what do you think? And we had a lot of dialogue and Julian and I discussed it and they were saying, we think we should go first or second. And I said, no, 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 no. We really want, and Julian agreed, we want to go late. We want to know what we're chasing because we've got strategies in place now to help us chase it if we need to. Uh, some of our strategies required legal sign-off from Channel 9 right. right up until two minutes before the auction started. Um, I won't call them vendor bid strategies, but there were particular strategies that we would have taken knowing exactly what we had to get right. to win that show. 
Um, so you thought being last mm -hmm. allowed you options to execute those strategies based on what you'd seen? In real life, we use vendor bids very effectively. We extract more money out of buyers in the room, even though they're bidding against themselves consistently. Right. A lot of people will tell you in an auction situation that they would never increase their own bid. I'm bidding against myself. Continue putting 70% of occasions when we ask for money from the highest bidder, they give it to us. And I watch all the great reality shows and nobody does it. Nobody consistently does it. Um, and we've extracted that money from some of the uh, most high-flying business people that we've got in this country. And I'm sure they would tell you that over dinner, they would never do it. In an auction room, we do auctions every day. Other people don't. They haven't got neural pathways pre-planned to how this should work. We try to implant a, a course of action in people. And as I say, consciously doing that, you'd say you wouldn't do it. In real life, they will. Part of our auction strategy was also to get as many of the buyers represented by buyer's agents. Right. We love buyer's agents. Qualified retain buyers, ready to go, they get it, they understand what they've got to do. That's one thing in an auction room. In a TV auction room, we use the appeal of TV. We knew that the buyer's agents would want to get profile. Yeah. And how do they get profile in an auction room? They stand up and they bid. And that's what they did. So there's a room full of buyer's agents and they bid and bid and bid and bid. And that's how we got them. Well, that's a good takeaway point. Just listening to that, I mean, one of the things that I think makes people feel uneasy is that most bidders don't bid mm -hmm. what you've gone off and done and said you know they're in the limelight every buyer's agent wants business mm -hmm. they want the cameras on them that they were going to be out there being proactive in their approach to to bid that's exactly what you did. this this was a scenario of strategizing for this particular set of circumstances it may not work in another set of circumstances but we don't hem ourselves in on any sale so every single sale that we take on, our vendors' requirements are different, the property situation is different, the buying situation is different. We need to strategise particular for that particular campaign, and that's what we did here. Okay, so you're the last property um, being auctioned. Mm -hmm. First three have happened, you know the results. What were you guys thinking? So uh, Cameron, who looked after Josh and Jenna, uh, we got on very well through the campaign, he's a really good guy. And uh, when we got the order of sale in the morning, Cameron was first, we were last. Cameron gets on the phone to me during the day and he says, mate, I'm going to knock it out of the park, you can jolly chase me. And I thought, all right, let's do it. He goes first, he gets a cracking result. Did very, very what well. What did it sell for? It was 1655, I think it was. Yep. It was a terrific result. Uh, for a two-bedroom semi, no parking, very good result. Then, of course, the boys went up. This is a very interesting exercise as well. The boys uh, didn't seem to care. They delivered a product that was ridiculous, quite frankly. And I know it's unpopular to say it, but they didn't think about the actual general buying market. They put you know, rhino heads in and cowhide splashbacks and ridiculous tiles and a garden that wasn't going to suit most people, and they limited their market. Then during their campaign, they didn't advertise in the Wentworth Courier. They took it very laxly. Three weeks before the auction, I spoke to them and I said, guys, what are you doing? And they said, well, you blokes seem to be doing a good job of working hard. How about we just, uh, they'll come to see your house, then they'll come and see ours. So they felt that they could just roll on the back of your other people's yeah. campaign, yeah. which is a good insight to what vendors often think. The yeah. house next door is doing it, I'll just roll off them, yeah. as opposed to doing it properly. So they go to auction and it falls flat in its face. 
In fact, the chap who bought that was one of our buyers, um, but we put him into a buyer's agent, of course. The buyer's agent, Simon, went along. He was told, you've got the most money to buy Julian and Brad's house there at Phil Hamley's one, but if any others fall through the net, snap it up. And that's what happened. So third house fell flat in its face, 20% below the rest of the market. Um, then uh, Dan and Danny's did quite well, but didn't win. Again, buyer's agent, one of our buyers. What did that go for? Right? One five, two five, I think right. it was. So it was in the mix, but certainly not enough. So we got ours going. The buyer's agents went hard. Bid, 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 bid. It was terrific. We got to about one five six. We're still a hundred grand below the mark. And then one of the buyer's agents decided he's going to be on the telly, and he knocks it to over one point six in a single bid. He puts forty three thousand dollars on it. So at one six oh three. One of our agents was on the phone. So what were you chasing at this stage? You're at 1603. We need to get 167, I think it was. Okay. Get. 1665. And um, so we reached this point and Paul Biller from our office yeah. is on the phone and he's talking to one of our hot, hot buyers. He's in the bathroom. He's just right. there. Um, and she gives Paul the bid and it's 1603. He says to Paul, 167. Yeah. Paul said, I just want to hear you say that again. 167. That's right. One million six hundred and seventy. That's correct. Makes the bid. And uh, at that moment, we win. And he is given a knockout blow. He's sixty-seven thousand dollars over and above the already forty-three thousand dollar increase. We've done what we need to do. We want to push more. We're running around trying to get more bids around the back garden. We're asking for everybody. You won at this stage. But we've won it. Yeah. And Dave and uh, Damien, our auctioneer, just says, and here it is: the winning bid. Bang. And massive relief. Very, very happy. So final seat figure was one point six seven million dollars. So you you won by five grand. That's it. Um, uh, extraordinary. An increase from one six oh three to one million six hundred and seventy. Um, the buyers in the bathroom. Paul Billers taking the phone call. Um, must have felt good. Like absolutely amazing. Then we had to walk outside and look like nothing had happened. Because the show airs the next day. Yeah. Phil and Amity had to walk out to the street, not say a word. Walked into the house, the door closed. We've got to say, very emotional. We just made for this family $400,000 in cash and $400,000 in Adelaide money as well, dare I say, in terms yeah. of going forward with their lives. It was a pretty monumental moment for them. We'd done exactly what we'd been working on for six months to achieve. And uh, as I say, a lot of emotion, then a lot of champagne flowed. It was a pretty big night. Okay, so look, the takeaway points to me, Brad, you treated this like a serious project. This was not, hey, we got it, mm -hmm. let's give it a bit of extra attention. We're talking there about a strategy that involved um, where you're going to be in the order of sale, how you perform the auction, a strategy on actually having the best product by telling vendors not what they need to know, but, uh, sorry, what they need to know, not what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. You have the courage and guts to do that. And um, you've outmarketed, you've invested it, you've treated it um, um, differently that you would have treated another sale. Well, look, we we would speak to our vendors consistently, very directly about situations. Um, many agents will tell you, look, sign it up, and you'll work it out. And we also know that vendors also inflate their position. You know, they'll tell us, I need three million dollars, when I should take two point seven, or whatever the case. But we we know all of that. Having said that, when we take on business, we say straight down the middle of the barrel. Listen, if you're chasing $3 million, we're probably swapping deck chairs on the Titanic. You know, we're going to do a fantastic campaign, but on a bell curve, your target's out of line. And we say that up front. 
and we did it on the weekend. I had a chap in my office said, I need to get X, Y, Z, and I just said, save the 16 grand. I'd rather be at home bouncing my kids on my knee, and we're just going to lead you to disappointment in all likelihood, in the scheme of percentages. But if you feel that you can be in this range, then you'll be much happier and we'll get it solved. Call this morning, said, let's go. Okay, Brad, how, do, how does a business um, on a show that's got so many viewers, so much profile, capitalise on being the winner now? And uh, what, what are you doing, what have you done, and what are you going to do? So, we'll go, we'll go back one step, I suppose, in terms of um, the show. The producers and editors are friendly, they are not the agent's friend. Don't make the mistake of thinking it's the first T.D. Hayes McCall Wild show. Julian and I worked that out fairly quickly. Even when we met with the producers from the start, we made a comment to them, your auctions are very static. Everybody just stands there. That's not our style. We've got to run around and extract the bids. And they said, go for it. We're happy for you to do whatever you want. Go for it. Having said that, when the editors got hold of it, probably because we were crossing their camera lines, they just chopped it all up. Right. So it made us look like we're standing here doing nothing. But in fact, what was going on is we're pulling and extracting bids all over the place. Um, in terms of how the show rolled out, we were filmed telling Phil and Amity all the different ideas. Here's the floor plans, here's the uh, images of the Hamptons and all this sort of business, all filmed, all hacked up, all gone. Um, so what they did film is Phil and Amity holding our information but saying, we've come up with this great idea. That's what happened. So give yourself a reality check about reality TV. You're just a very small cog in all of this. So with that in mind, you need to do the best you can. So what we did is we made sure we had banners, we made sure we strategically placed it. We'd stop filming and say, hold on a second, I want the first city banner over here and put it yeah. behind us. So wherever we had that opportunity, we had the discipline to think about those things all the way through. Afterwards, well, there's been the support from news in terms of, you know, uh, we've, we've done some great promo work, etc. in the paper. Um, we've leveraged very strongly with editorial. That's another component. Um, then, obviously, with all our clients, they're all hearing about it. It's newsletter, it's, it's out there all the time. But the reality, what has been most important for us is that osmotic permeation into the marketplace, where we're walking around, and there's people that I don't even know saying to me, well done, what? People come to open prospection, sit on the telly. Great. Now, we're on the radar more than we ever were before. Um, and that's been really important to us. And another component of all of this, which we now get to work into our listing of presentations, we're not a franchise. We're up against some pretty heavy players in terms of marketing strength. We took them out. We showed that First City Hazel and Paul Wiles, through hard work and strategic planning, can take out the very best and the very biggest that Australian real estate franchises have got to offer. And we won it, and we won it clearly. All righty. Well, look, um, Brad... It's so good for you to come in today. Um, there were four listings in Australia that everyone wanted uh, this year. Uh, uh, the team from First City, Hazmer, Caldwell Isles, were one of the teams that got a listing. They are also the winners of the block. So congratulations, and uh, we look forward to seeing your business uh, grow. Um, two offices now, what's the plan? Uh, longer term, we've got to, again, continue to focus on our traditional uh, residential sales and grow and uh, mentor our sales team. Um, our project marketing and stuff is, is just growing anyway. We can't stop it, um, being the business that people go to. As I mentioned, uh, our mortgage institutional stuff, again, just keeps growing and growing and growing. Longer term, you know, 
I know you wrote not long ago about your plans are probably six months plans because things evolve and then yeah. things evolve and then things evolve. What we're very particular about is strategic alliances. And so we formed very uh, strong alliances with different businesses, different interstate agencies, so on and so forth. And, and particularly now, that in 2013, we're really pleased to have this wonderful alliance with New Zealand as well. So that's really important to us going forward. Uh, alliances are very important for us. Perfect. Okay, unfortunately, um, your business partner, who was part of the block, uh, Julian's not here. No, Jules uh, is away, he's been on holidays. Yeah. Um, but Julian has got us in the door on this occasion, and he worked so hard, he did an amazing job. Yeah. All right, thank you so much, thank you, Brad. Thanks so much, Paul. Cheers. Thank you.